You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively. Get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Carmelina Bacchino, and today we have David Maxwell in the studio from Launceston. Welcome, David. Hi, Carmelina. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Very well, thanks. That's great. So, David, today we are continuing and we have our final um, installment of the series, The Word of God. Mm. And um, it's, been, it's been great to have you back this week. And last week you briefly shared about the start of your journey with the Word of God. And you've been sharing your experience of addressing new truths that you learned from the Bible. So, what have you got in store for us today? Mm, yeah, thanks, Carmelina. I, I want to wrap it all up from mm. these uh, these series that I've been running on the Word of God and how I've been having this journey with the Word mm. throughout my life and pulling it all together. Really, uh, I guess to summarise it, it would be believing, firstly believing that God's written Word is worth studying today. It's accurate and it's faithful mm. and faithfully recorded. Now, that's kind of what we've been trying to unpack for people and show them. And so part of my journey was firstly grasping that on a personal level. So actually understanding that, hey, you know, it's not necessarily what this person taught me or that person taught me. What does the Bible itself tell me and learning how to actually unpack that and put it all together that was very very important for me mm. so believing god's word the written word and reading it often was really the first part of my journey then the next part is allowing him in so you reach a place where you learn about god through the written word mm. um, early in history they learned through the um, verbal word so it was mm. spoken to them and many of the things we find written in the Bible today were spoken as well mm. so we might hear it spoken but it's very important to go and read it yourself because that's when it actually means something more for us because I read it, I learned it and God then can come in <clears throat> so then listening to his voice as you as I journey along on my way with spending more time in the Word, listening to it. I, I would put it on audio CD mm. or audio USB, you know, and I'd put it on in, in, in my car when I drove mm. and sometimes I'd drive for four hours and I would just listen to chapter after chapter after chapter and it's amazing what you hear mm. when you're listening to it that you don't see when you're reading it. Mm. So that's a fascinating way to do it. So allowing God in, then listening to his voice. We talked about how I learnt to discern the difference between my own thoughts and God speaking to me. And and I found that in my quiet times is often when he would speak to me the most. And then obeying him and following the way he leads, what he asks us to do, um, the direction he wants us to go, even through the obstacles that we hit in life. Um, sometimes we get some big obstacles mm. and they drive us to our knees. 
But part of my journey with the Word was being reinforced mm. that all of those things that I've been learning in the Bible, you can put into practice in your life and God comes through and he leads. So even through those terrible times. So that's been my journey with the Word. And I really hope that as I've shared it with other people, that it's, uh, it's been helpful in some way. Mm. And, you know, just by listening to you explain all those, um, all, you know, your journey, it sounds very much like um, the previous episodes that we've covered so far on the series. Mm. Um, and, of course, you can all catch those previous episodes at the Faith FM app and the Faith FM website. Today is the final installment, and um, you can also, you can listen to the whole thing all together and as a whole, as a whole series, and um, mm. it's always great to have a whole and complete understanding of um, of the Bible, which we can get from this series, which has been an absolute blessing. Mm, yes. Great. So, um, did you want to give us any more of a recap of the previous episodes before we get started? Yeah, let's do that. So, we, we first covered in the first three episodes the spoken word. Mm. We talked about Adam to the flood, the flood to the exile, the word restored and ongoing. So, after they came out of Egypt, yes. God restored it to them at the mountain. Then we talked about the written word going from there as mm. God preserved those words. Then through Moses all the way to Malachi, he had people that he dedicated to write it down and to faithfully copy it. When mm. we look back today, when we find those Dead Sea Scrolls, we see how faithfully it was copied. Then we looked at the life of the Word, so Jesus, the mm. record of Jesus' life. That's all we looked at there. Then we looked at the record of the church and the letters that followed on from that. And then we opened up the section on the living Word, how how the, the Word of God was Jesus. Mm. John makes that really, really clear. And then we talked last week about, well, what effect did that word of God or Jesus have in the life of the church? And we introduced the Holy Spirit. Mm. And today we're going to look at the word, that's mm. Jesus, <laughs> in us, because that's really the so what mm. of all this presentation. So what's it mean to us? Absolutely. That's what we want to look at today. So as, as I complete the series mm. on looking at the word of God, what I want to do today is by wrapping up by looking at what the difference Jesus or the Word of God can make in and through us. But mm. before the break, again, I have a listener question. Yes. Now, this listener question is a little more personal. And so if you don't want to share, that's okay. Uh, but there's two questions here in the one. And the first one is, if you have accepted Jesus into your life, just reflect on how has your life changed from before to now, Send us a text and let us know. If you haven't accepted Jesus into your life, and that's something that you've been thinking about over this mm. series, how would you like your life to change? Mm, and so send a text in. So for me, mm. it's been a change of focus from the temporal to the eternal. And this became blatantly clear to me in 2008. So I'd always, mm. always been having... Um, you know, spending time in the Word, reading it, getting it all in my head, doing all the things that a Christian should do. But in 2008, it hit me like an epiphany. Mm. Um, and an epiphany is when, is a sudden realization about something. And I had this sudden realization that the things I was focusing on were temporal, as in, they had an end to them. Mm. Um, I was looking at work and I was looking at what I have in this life and a house and all of these things, and they're all temporal. They have an end. Mm. 
And I realized that I needed to be focusing on the things that are eternal, mm-hmm. you know, putting my efforts into those things because those things are things that will last beyond my life. Mm. And, and then I had to look at a change of character and this is something that happened for me as well, a change of character from my Christian walk, from what I was before to what I was becoming. And mm. it was a change of character from self to others, you know, what, mm. what can you do for me? Um, what can uh, this do for me? What can I get? What can I buy? You know, those mm. are the things I was thinking before. And my Christian walk has been a change of character to start to look at, well, what can I contribute to others' lives? Mm. And that's the before and after. And I've seen a huge difference in my life. What about you, Carmeline? Have you seen a difference? Um, For myself, I definitely saw a difference. I think um, when I started to become a bit more serious about my Christian walk, I definitely noticed that I had a lot more patience. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I started to look at people um, a lot differently. Like instead of looking at them and saying, "Oh, they, they were so mean to me," or um, you know, they did this or they did that. I started to look at people and with a bit more of an understanding. I'm like, "Oh, this person might be hurting, or mm. this person is going through a different battle." Um, so I definitely had my eyes opened away from myself. I guess you can say. And um, the other thing I noticed for me would have to be, um, it's great, it's summed up best, I heard it in a sermon once, which was talking about being a mature Christian adult. Mm. And um, the real difference or the real signs of being a mature Christian adult is when you um, know that you can, but you don't have to. Mm. And so um, you you can, you know, um, have an answer back. You can you know, try and win in this argument when really there's going to be no winners. Um, Mm. You can try and do that, or you could just try and keep the peace. (laughs) Sometimes be quiet. Sometimes be quiet. Sometimes (laughs) no answer is an answer, and it works. So um, it's a a good uh, reminder about pride. I think that was something I used to struggle with quite a a lot, Mm. and just kind of dropping it down <laughs> or re- remembering, you know, being humble was a big challenge of mine. And mm. yeah, things like that was, um, it really helped me though, as I grew in faith and such and my journey with God. Um, yeah, learning to be humble was one of the biggest lessons and, um, yeah. and learning it through the Bible was definitely a key. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. isn't it something I th- I believe a Christian mm. experience is not something you can clearly Teach someone through words. It's something they have to learn through their own experience. Yes, experience. There's no greater teacher than experience. No, No, it's Um, great. So listen to the question again. Yeah, absolutely. Just to... um, for you all listening today, um, this is our listener question. If, you, if you've accepted Jesus into your life, how has your life changed? If you would like to accept Jesus into your life, how would you like it to change? Text us mm. in on 0488-880-891. This is a bit of a personal question, but we would love to hear from you either way. This first song is our theme song for this series, Give Me the Bible by Matt Manickas featuring Clint McCoy. Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming To cheer the wanderer 
alone in tempest toss No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beneath Since Jesus came to seek and save the lost Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Give me the Bible when my heart is broken When sin and grief have filled my soul with fear Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love Till night shall vanish in eternal day Give me the Bible, all my steps enlightened Teach me the danger of these realms below That lamp of safety or the gloom shall brighten That light alone the path of peace can show Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day In eternal day In eternal day You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and we are talking with David Maxwell on the topic of the living word, the word in us. Before the break, we had a listener question for you and the question was, if you've accepted Jesus into your life, how has your life changed? If you would like to accept Jesus into your life, how would you like it to change? Text us in on 0488880891. We would love to hear from you. So, David, um, we're wrapping up your title, your series, sorry, entitled The Word of God. Before the break, you said you wanted to look at the difference between, um, at, sorry, you wanted to look at what difference Jesus, the Word of God, can make and in and through us. So, how would you like to start us off today? 
Yeah, thanks, Carmelina. So uh, after looking last week at the living word, that's Jesus, mm. and his impact on the life uh, of the world and in the early church in the first century, today we're going to look at his impact in our lives, you know, the, the so what mm. of this whole series, really. I know I touch on that a little bit in each one, but today we're really going to look at, well, what does it all mean? What's it mean for you and me right mm. now? Because that's really what's important today, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. So first I'm going to pray uh, mm. so that we get the most out of this and we invite God to help us understand and then we'll read the passages that we're looking at today. So let me pray. Sounds good. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come again and we can uh, speak with you. We can uh, talk by looking at your word and discussing what it means. Please give our listeners understanding and help us to be clear as we speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Carmelina, would you mind reading our two passages that we're going to look at today? And that's in Acts 2, 32 and 33, and Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. Absolutely. So, first reading Acts chapter 2, verses 32 to 33, and these are from the New King James Version. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. And now Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 to 14, also from the New King James Version. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Thanks, Carmelina. And that that might be a bit of a a complex reading Mm. for people, but both of them are speaking about the Holy Spirit. Mm. Now, I want to share an illustration that I've shared previously. Some of you may have heard the the presentation I gave on the fruit of the Spirit, and I shared this illustration, but because it fits really well with what we're talking about uh, today, I'd like Mm. to share it again. So when I was working in a big company, Rio Tinto, there was a... Uh, um, a management, um, uh, one of my managers, who believed the general management and neurological thinking of the day was that our mind was hardwired into a certain pattern of thinking. And uh, this was really demonstrated to me that his his thinking was demonstrated to me as I went to see him every um, once a year once or twice a year we would see our manager once removed so that's not your immediate manager it's the next one um, his manager your immediate manager would manage your daily operation and your progress you know for doing your job but the manager once removed his job was to manage your career and help you with your career direction so we would meet with him once or twice a year. I met with him once and and we're talking and he say, What's your you know, what's your thoughts for the future? Where would you like to go? And and I said, Well, I'd like to move into management and I'd like to learn more about that because I'd been a people's supervisor until then. And he, I said, are there any books that you could recommend for me to read? And he he looked around and he thought he said, No, I, I can't think of any that would be good for you to read. Oh, hang on, there is one. It's called The Man Who Thought His Wife Was a Hat. 
And so I, I, I looked it up, I, I bought it, and I started reading this book, and I thought, what is this talking about? It was a neurologist speaking about how our minds were hardwired, and he had done research into this. And he said, if you're, what, the, what the manager was saying is, if you're born a manager, you'll be a manager. If you're born a worker, you'll always be a worker, and you'll never change. And I learned more about his thinking than what was actually fact, because mm. I'd watched myself change over time. You know, being a Christian, I'd seen God changing me. And it taught me more about his thinking than anything. So f- what is really interesting, sitting here today and looking back, I did a little bit of research <laughs> onto him and myself. And for the last 11 of the last 16 years, for 11 of the last oh. 16 years, that man has been a worker rather than a manager. Interesting. Mm. And yet of 12 out of the last 16 years, I've been managing people when I was really what he would class as a worker. And it's really interesting that God has a way of working his plans out in our life if we let him. Mm. So does God say our thinking is fixed and unchangeable? Well, that's not the correct thinking for a Christian, as I've just mentioned. I've experienced it myself. So far, we've looked at how God's spoke his words to mankind, then we looked at how his words were captured or written down for future generations, and in these last set of presentations, we're looking at how God can live inside us, live within our, our, our being, and direct our lives if we only let him. So we've seen how Jesus lived out his perfectly godly life in the first century, um, and that showed us really what God was like, wasn't it, when we looked at that last week. Um, we looked at also how the disciples or the early church continued that example through the indwelling Holy Spirit. And that was a powerful example. So today we're looking at the so what for you and me. How does God want to replicate that in our lives in this modern era? So we'll start again by briefly recapping um, what it was like in the first century. So as James was writing his letter, that's um, called an epistle, most likely within the first two decades of the Pentecost event. So that's happened, you know, AD 34. He's writing this within probably 20 years of this event. It seems like he's writing to encourage the Jewish Christian believers who've been scattered by the persecution against the early church by Saul and some of the others, and perhaps some of them being dying or losing hope. But either way, James is the leader of the new church in Jerusalem, and he wants to encourage them to remain strong in the faith. Very important. Mm. So the days of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit's outpouring is now many years behind them, and James is seeking to encourage um, more honest Christian service and living. In his epistle, this is in James, just before the end of the Bible, he addresses topics like true wisdom coming from God, patience and character needed when under times of trial, the importance of maintaining an active faith. And I find that interesting because within 20 years of this Pentecost event, perhaps they, even the fledgling church was suffering from burnout and lethargy. You know, interesting to see that <clears throat> um, because John actually writes to the church of Ephesus and he says, you've lost your first love. You know, that's up around about probably 80, 90 AD. Mm-hmm. So even in those early centuries, early uh, early century, there seems to be this issue of burnout. So it's not unusual. 
Mm. He also, James also speaks about the importance of good works and uh, the good works actually prove that what's going on inside you and that's important in the present life. He talks about pure speech, humility, uh, identifies these characteristics of a Christian, and then he also identifies the need to wait patiently for the Holy Spirit's final outpouring. And he calls this the latter rain. So having moved well past this time of Pentecostal power, in James 5, 7 to 8, he uses an agricultural metaphor and he explains um, something probably Jesus told them before he left in those 40 days, that before Jesus returned, there'd be another powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So he uses this analogy of a farmer. Now, a farmer has to have early rain mm. um, when he plants the crop to make sure the seed germinates and starts to grow. It starts to grow. So James is referring to the Pentecost outpouring of the Holy Spirit as that early rain because it started the gospel seed growing and made it spread. But he also speaks about the latter rain that's needed for a farmer just before the harvest. They need another bunch of good rain to um, ripen the crop fully so it can be harvested most uh, most uh, most completely. Mm. So he's encouraging them to wait for this latter rain until it comes. Mm. So today... We are sitting in a place where we still await the latter rain outpouring, although I believe I'm beginning to see it um, mm. happen sporadically around the world. Many people that would have not responded to God in the past are responding uh, to what I have seen as something unprecedented in my ministries. I've always had to find people who are willing to study the Bible, mm. but I have seen in the last two years more people coming to me and saying, I want to study the Bible. And I see this as an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And one of the examples of that is there's been incidences, many incidences about angels being seen by children, but also by adults. Most adults reported as a person who's helped them and then they've turned around to thank them and the person's gone. Mm. Um, and my father was a good example of this quickly before the break. I'll just explain this. Mm -hmm. He had been a man who was all head knowledge up until about three, four years before he died. Mm -hmm. He started to experience the love of God. And just before he died, my brother was in the room and he said, Dad did a strange thing. He said he was really, you know, down and depressed and very quiet. And all of a sudden he looked up and his eyes brightened. He looked into the corner of the room like mm -hmm. he saw something there. And he, his whole face lit up with, with, um, um, like bright expectation, you mm. know, and, and then he breathed his last and he died. Oh, wow. And it was a really amazing experience for my brother. So he thinks, hey, he saw something there. Mm. Either it was an angel or something. His his spiritual eyes were opened and he saw the acceptance of God. And I thought that was powerful. The spirit world is real. Mm. Not Not people that have died. No, that's not real. That's Satan trying to trick us because mm. the Bible says when you die, you rest. We've looked at that. Yeah. But however, good and evil angels are real and we are interacting with them all the time, mm. all the time. Absolutely. So, like, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is just not some made-up idea then. It's definitely a real um, real thing. That's right. That's yes. right. You know, evil evil spirits are real. I can tell you there are people mm. in Ireland who delved in that and they can tell you that's real. Absolutely. And I've experienced some of that myself as well. Mm. However, the Holy Spirit is called another helper. Mm. Jesus was the first helper. Absolutely.
we have a few people texting in, but we'll refer to them. We'll, we'll answer. We'll we'll be t- uh, sorry. We will, we'll be feeding uh, back to them. Yes, we'll feeding back to you after the break. Um, before the break, just to remind you all of our listener question: If you've accepted Jesus in your life, how has your life changed? And if you'd like to accept Jesus into your life, how would you like it to change? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. There's also a free book offer later in the program, and the book is. Growing in Jesus, a handbook, becoming more like Jesus by studying his um, by studying his life. Um, be sure to stick around for that. This next song is "In Jesus" by Steve Grace. I've tried in vain a thousand ways. My fears to quell, my hopes to raise But what I need, the Bible says Is ever only Jesus My soul is night, my heart is steel cannot see, I cannot feel, for life, for life, I must appeal in simple faith to Jesus. program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we have David Maxwell on his series, The Word of God, and David has been talking about the topic of the living word, the word in us. 
for the break, we had a few people text in. Thank you so much. And um, first, I'd like to read out a message from Christopher. Um, and he says, I started studying the Holy Bible around the end of 2005, start of 2006. Around After around three years of slowly allowing Jesus into my heart, my marriage slowly started to get better and better. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Christopher, Ooh. for texting in. That's amazing. Also, we have Margie. Thank you, Margie. And she has said, hi, guys. My faith have gr- has grown so much over the last few years. And now with Adventist teaching, I have a greater understanding of God and his plans for me personally and for all the world. Now, Lord Jesus, our God Almighty is at the top of my priorities. On him, I will rest and trust absolutely. I have total peace and he has never let me down. So amazing, our God, creator and savior. Thank you so much, Margie and Christopher, for texting in. And just to remind you all of the question, it was, if you've ever accepted Jesus into your life, how has your life changed? If you would like to accept Jesus into your life, how would you like it to change? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now, David, before the break, you were talking about the Holy Spirit as a helper for mm. Jesus, for when Jesus left the world. And you were telling us all these things he did for the early followers of Jesus and how he transformed them. Mm. Would you like to expand on how he does this for us today? Yeah, I will. Thanks, mm. Carmelita. And those texts that came back in, they mm. were transformational Absolutely. experiences. And that's so important because uh, God wants a marriage to work. He wants yes. a family to work. He doesn't want it to break up. So mm. often we we might give up before God does. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> and so we've got to keep trying. <laughs> yeah. And so as I, as I said mm. before, Jesus called the Holy Spirit another helper. So Jesus was clearly the first helper. He yes. was the first one. And so the Holy Spirit comes. So if the Holy Spirit was, was poured out f- fully in the early reign of Pentecost, mm. um, he actually was received by two groups of people. He was received by people who were ready, they were preparing, mm. um, and, and they were praying, and they were of one accord. This was all the disciples that were waiting for it, the mm. promise that Jesus gave. But there were also there were also those who received it who were, well, I guess they didn't know they were waiting for the Holy Spirit. They were just receptive to receiving God. So if they received it, and some were preparing, mm. how, how do we actually uh, get ready for the Holy Spirit to come, this later outpouring of the Holy Spirit, when we actually find ourselves sometimes struggling to even just overcome sin in our own lives? Mm. Well, Paul talks about this in Romans. Now, Romans are sometimes called the gospel according to Paul because throughout the book, Paul clearly outlines the story of salvation. And in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, there's a quick overview or summary. Would you like to read chapter 12 of Romans, verse 1 and 2, please, Carmelina? Yep, sure. And we are reading from the New King James Version still? Yes, please. Absolutely. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Mm, mm. Really good verses. Now, this, yes. this appears to be a quick overview or summary of living a life acceptable to God in three steps. Mm. So he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. So a living, a, a, a sacrifice they brought had to be pure and undefiled. Mm. So he's saying, present your bodies as a pure and undefiled sacrifice to mm. God, offering to God. Well, how do we do that? Mm. And he goes on and he says, by not being conform to this world, but by being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm. That's what it says in verse 2. And this results in a changed life that proves God's good, acceptable, and perfect will for us. So it's a summary. Mm. And it's a transformation that only the Holy Spirit can actually do in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we submit to God, we allow Him to cleanse and change us, and this is how it happens. But Someone might say, well, how does this really happen then? You know, I mean, really tell me how to do it. Well, what you see is Paul is summarizing in chapter 12 something that he has already outlined in chapter 8. Now, do you have mm. the NLT version of Romans 8, 1 to 9 there? I sure do. Would you mind reading that for me, please, Carolina? Sure thing. Um, so it says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the living spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that we, so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to the life and leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws. And it never will. That's why those who still, who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Mm, there's lots of choices in there. Yeah. And, and it clearly says we can choose mm. to have the Holy Spirit living in us. And when we do that, he will direct our thinking. Mm. Um, and we'll think more on those spiritual things. So if we're spending too much time dwelling on 
earthly things or sinful things, it's we're allowing our old nature to take over. Mm. So we need to pray and focus on the better things. What I really liked about this is first and foremost, Paul assures us that if we belong to Jesus, we're no longer under the condemnation of the law. And this means the separation that it causes or the punishment we, d- we deserve from breaking it. Mm. Because Jesus has already paid it for us. Mm. He goes on and he affirms that as long as we remain in him, we keep choosing to have uh, follow, have have the Holy Spirit in our lives and follow him faithfully, mm. we're free from the obligation to sin that our old nature had us trapped in. Mm. We don't need to be obliged to sin. We can choose not to. We can ask God to help us because the Holy Spirit's going to help us do that. Mm. Paul also explains that as we keep our minds and things um, that we're doing on God the things of God and the nature of God and the character of God and those sorts of things Mm. and what he wants us to do in life, living it out, we allow him to keep living in us through the Holy Spirit. This is what's called walking in the Spirit. Mm. And he transforms then not just our mind, he transforms our lives. As we keep this up, um, what we see is our characters become changed, like some of the people have texted in and say, mm. have, have said, um, that our minds can be transformed into something entirely different. And in Galatians chapter 5, there is a long list mm. of the things that are not good for us that we often tend to keep on doing. And, and that's um, in Galatians chapter 5, 19 to 23. And we haven't got time. We've run out of time mm. now to read that. But some of the things are like dissensions and outbursts of wrath and selfish ambitions and mm. heresies and stuff like that, envy. Uh, but yeah. God wants to take those things away from us and he wants to give us a more godly characteristic. And mm. that's like love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so uh, I see this list as more godly, and that's the list that I want to display much more in my character. Yes, um, I believe they're the um, the fruits of the Spirit. And um, Mm. so you're saying these are really good practical example of what change looks like in action. Yeah, that's it. This Mm. is how God changes our minds and our lives. Absolutely. Well, we have to go to a break. And before (laughs) the break, we have our book offer for today, Growing in Jesus, a handbook, Becoming More Like Jesus by Studying His Life. Growing in Jesus features the main content of every Bible and LNG White reference cited within the two-volume set. Used as a standalone resource or in conjunction with the original volumes, it is the perfect tool for both review and study in a variety of settings. The code is after the break, but right now this is When I Found Jesus by Steph McLeod. When I found Jesus, he was holding on to me. Broken, I couldn't stand upon my feet Where the word he broke my chains I was free to breathe again My life was saved by the love and blood of Jesus When I found Jesus He was standing over me I was down and out and living on the streets There were times I could have died But the Lord was by my side 
I didn't know I'd been saved by the blood of Jesus He took the weight off my shoulders And came and gave me rest He came and gave me rest Gave me peace from my troubles Lord, I have been blessed mm. When I found Jesus He was walking next to me On the lonely path of a man-made destiny Must have looked into my eyes Saw the tears and heard my cries Where I stood, I was saved by the blood of Jesus The empty promises Of the world had forsaken me Left me in the to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we are finishing our final episode of um, The Word of God with David Maxwell today on the topic of the living word, the word in us. Now, as promised, we have our giveaway for today. Um, be sure to text in at 0488880891 to claim Growing in Jesus Handbook, Becoming More Like Jesus by Studying His Life and 
again, that code word is WORD9, W-O-R-D and the number 9, no spaces. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. That is WORD9, W-O-R-D and the number 9. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So, David, before the break, you're explaining that when we allow um, the Holy Spirit to come and change our bad characteristics um, to godly ones, that happens mm. when we allow Jesus into our lives. Um, mm. Could you please put it all together for us um, to summarize why God's words, spoken, written, and lived, are so important? Yeah, absolutely. I'll try and pull that all together in the few minutes we've got left. We've got now, this. <laughs> I think I think what the what Steph McLeod actually said in his song was fantastic. One of the lines mm. there, as he finished, was "When I found Jesus." everything changed and that's really what we're talking about with the christian life Mm. the word of god's great Mm. Uh, the word of god is critically important but unless it changes our life what's the point Mm. and that's what we really want to look at today you know some people don't have assurance of salvation that you know you ask them are you saved and they say well i hope i make it i think i'm saved Mm. and all of these things well an illustration i'd like to use is something called the certificate of entitlement now when i was in rio tinto they had a share options scheme and you could uh, allocate at the beginning of a three or five year period how much you wanted of your pay to go away into a separate bank account and that would uh, you, you would say i want to purchase let's say you wanted to purchase 15 uh, share options that means you want to buy 15 rio tinto shares at today's price and sit on it for three or five years at the end of that three or five years the amount of money you've put aside mm-hmm. to buy the initial shares at the initial price was then made available for you to use and that certificate of entitlement as long as I had that certificate of entitlement showing how many shares I was entitled to, that was my guarantee that I could use them later if I wanted. Mm. And then after that three years, you either sold them and kept them, oh, sorry, um, purchased them and kept them, or you purchased them and sold them, depending on whether the share price was higher mm. or lower than your option price. So that certificate of certificate of entitlement was my iron-clad guarantee that I would have those shares. Did you know that God also provides an ironclad guarantee that we'll be saved? Mm. Now, people think, oh, what's that? You know, you, I'm not sure if I can be saved. Mm. Well, as long as we hold on to this ironclad guarantee, mm. we can have confidence that we'll be saved. Now, as we read earlier in Ephesians chapter 1, mm. 13 and 14, uh, uh, let me read that again. Let me yes. go to the New King James and let me read that. So Ephesians chapter 1, 13 and 14, it says, In him you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in him also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's talking about Jesus we were believing in, and we're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of God's glory. Mm. So what does that mean? There's lots of words. This means that God has given you the Holy Spirit as a certificate of entitlement, if you like. Mm. Hold on to that certificate. Hold on to the Holy (laughs) Spirit. Jesus Christ is then going to come one day and redeem the certificate. (laughs) So because of the Holy Spirit's presence within us, 
It shows that we've chosen Jesus as our righteous substitute. Mm. You remember once before I shared... Here's what I found. You remember once before, um, <laughs> technology, don't you, hate Yes. <laughs> remember, we, we shared previously the verse that John writes about this, and in 1 John 5.12, he says, If you have the Son, he who has the Son has life. He mm. who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Mm. He, he who is chosen... The Son of God received the Holy Spirit as a certificate of entitlement, if you like, mm. for Jesus to one day come and redeem the certificate and take us to be with him forever in heaven. Mm. I really love that that that, that uh, illustration because mm. I think it, it connects the dots for us. Absolutely. So as we summarize today, mm. firstly, we've got to hear the word. Yes. Right from the very beginning of this world, God has been speaking his word of love and restoration to mankind. Once written down, it was read often, but today we're privileged to be able to read it for ourselves and trust what God has said. So through reading of the Word, we learn how to reconnect with Him and receive the guarantee, Mm. the certificate of entitlement (laughs) of salvation. (laughs) Once we're connected to God through Jesus and we receive the Holy Spirit, the certificate of entitlement, we're then able to be transformed and renewed and begin our journey of restoration back to the people he wants us to wanted to be wanted us to be in the first place. Mm. So thinking again about the opening illustration about the man who thought his wife was a hat. Mm. That manager who recommended me that book was not only wrong about my life, he was wrong about his own life and about mankind in total. Mm. God is able to transform each and every one of us if we only let him. Mm-hmm. The word of God is powerful. It's living and it's transformational and it will never be lost or changed. Remember, God gave custodians of his word through Adam, Lamech, Shem, Isaac, Joseph. He reminded of us, he reminded us of it mm-hmm. through Moses and he had it written down faithfully copied so we would have it today. Mm. And then he's enabled it to be lived out in our lives through the Holy Spirit so we can truly see and show other people what a transformational life looks like lived through God. Mm. Is that something you'd like in your life? Mm. So if it is, and you'd like to connect to Jesus and start your own journey of restoration with God, please get in touch. Please get in touch with us so we can give you more information on how to do that. Mm, Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today, David, and for this whole series of The Word of God. Um, We're going to look forward to you joining us back again in January. I believe your topic is Heroes of the Faith. In real life. In real life. (laughs) It's going to be exciting. We'll see you then. Yep, absolutely. And be sure to join us tomorrow. We have a bit of a highlights episode as we wrap up the year. But this right now is Just a Closer Walk with Thee with Paul Mm. Zach featuring Paige. Amen. Amen. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. Satisfied as long as I walk, let me walk close to thee, just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea.
Please 